Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to uh, another exciting episode of Business Talk. We have a terrific show for you today. I want to get to it, but first we want to hear a message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. And as promised, we have a terrific show for you today. We have with us Bob Bolza. Bob, as most of you know, was the owner of the chain of stores, the pride chain of stations and stores all across Western Mass. Uh, He has sold that chain and moved on to the next chapter of what I consider a remarkable career in business and philanthropy uh, with the start of a a new foundation. It's called the Hope for Youth and Families Foundation. Bob, congratulations on that and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And it's nice to be here. Nice to have you on the show. We want to talk about uh, your new foundation today, uh, how it got started. Uh, You're just in the early stages of this. You've, You've just been at this for a few months now. Um, right. I don't think it's too early to do this, but we're going to talk in, in broad strokes about your new foundation. Uh, again, uh, its mission statement and, and its goals and, and what we want to see happen over the next few months and certainly the next several years. So start by uh, kind of giving us a uh, kind of a quick rundown of, of, of when this foundation came into being and how it came into being. And then we want to just talk uh, a, a little bit about what you've been doing over the last several months, and then we'll talk again about the mission and moving forward. Okay, fine. Well, thanks. All right. Well, it started because we've, my family, my wife and I and our daughter, have believed um, over the years in helping others and giving back. Uh, it's kind of in our DNA to do that. And so, after we decided to sell the chain, then we that was our perfect time to put some money aside in a foundation and and get involved even more than we were before. So our mission, we decided, would be to work with youth in the inner cities because we have, over the years, we had stations and stores throughout the city in Springfield and Holyoke. And we came to know the youth and the families and the issues and the local leaders and everything. And we got to see the good and the bad. And we saw some, some big needs there. And so that's why we decided to make that our focus. Uh, I guess, I guess that answers it, right? I mean, it gives, puts you in his perspective where we are and why we're doing it. Right. And, and the other thing that we did, I should say this, we're bringing to it what we call the holistic approach. We understand that not everyone has the advantages of um, the same advantages in this country. 
And so um, we want to do what we can to help the people who don't have those advantages to enjoy them also. And of course, that's a holistic approach, which is not just one thing. It's everything that some of us take for granted every day. Okay, Bob, uh, for those who don't know, and that includes me, uh, how does one start a foundation? Obviously, you need some money, a good deal of money. Um, I'm, I'm assuming probably at least six zeros. And you then have a mission statement and you then have a plan moving forward. But uh, this doesn't happen very often. Uh, we, we only have you know, we have a lot of foundations in this area, but uh, we don't have that many. And uh, just tell us what, what goes into this. Well, it's pretty simple. Um, you just decide when you want decide you want to do it. And then you tell your accountants um, to fill out the IRS forms. And that be, begins uh, a process of explaining your mission statement, committing uh, whatever amount of dollars you want to commit to it, and then abiding by the rules of the IRS so that you uh, are and remain a, a, a registered, legitimate nonprofit. Now, the rules are pretty simple. Uh, you have to agree to give away at least 5% of the total amount that you've committed to the foundation. And it's that simple. And then you file all the returns every year that the IRS wants to prove that. And as long as you do that and you give it whatever funds you give, you give to legitimate charities and they have to produce um, documentation that they are also, in fact, legitimate charities. So when you do that, then then everybody's happy and it's it's that simple. Okay. Now, uh, you then have to go out and hire well, we then found, and I'll fill this out for you because we're learning this all the time, that there are, that's one kind of charity or foundation. There's another kind called an operational foundation, which we have determined is kind of what we are, as opposed to the standard foundation that we're all used to. The standard foundation gives away grants. People apply and they give away grants. The operational foundation kind of rolls up its sleeves and works alongside other groups and, and follows a totally different set of rules, which are much more complicated. Um, there are three basic criteria that you have to meet. And when we first, and it's, we're finding out that we are basically an operational foundation. And so we're in the process of changing to that. And so we will soon play by a totally different set of rules, which are more complicated if you're not already doing what they want, but we are. So we think we'll fit right in. Okay. So right from the very beginning, uh, even before you put this foundation together, I know you and I had talked and you wanted this to be a foundation that did a lot more than write checks. Uh, obviously, you will write some, but um, 
you wanted to get involved in the problems that are facing uh, youth and families in our inner cities and kind of not just write the checks, but be part of the answer, part of the solution finding process. So talk about that a little bit. And, and then also talk about uh, one of the first steps in this process is hiring an executive director. And you've done that too. Right. So um, yes, um, let's do that first. Cause that's clearly very important. Uh, over the years, I had worked with Christina's house and got to know the executive director there, um, Shannon Mumblo, that has quietly over the years uh, built built up. Uh, her mother-in-law founded it, and Shannon has been an active volunteer there, very active volunteer for many years now. And so I got to know Shannon and and knew that and obviously admired her as everyone else in this community does for, for the wonderful work that she does and the wonderful person that she is. So I thought, uh, so I asked her if she would be our executive director and she thought about it for five months. And um, fortunately for us decided to take the job while she was doing that. We were, we had to get new office space because I had to vacate where I was at pride after selling it. So we got some new space um, and then uh, I've since hired a business administration person and we've since added to that a program manager and we're now looking for one other person because we are so busy with all the projects that we've gotten involved with. So to go back to your question, uh, how did it evolve? That's how it's evolved. And I guess now the next question is, what do we do if we're not just giving away grants? So the answer is pretty simple. And this is part of our, of our evolution. And in fact, if you were to look up our website, as of today, it's not finalized because we're on the third iteration. And we have to, we find that as we learn and change what we do, that we have to change the website, but we're hoping that we can nail it down in a few weeks. Um, so we set out knowing that we were new kids on the block. And while people knew of us, um, they didn't know what our intentions were. So we, we met one-on-one -on -one with um, all or many of the agencies and nonprofits and still have some to go. There are so many and they're all doing great work. And basically we said, we're not here to give you a bag of money, but how can we help you? And after they got over the shock, they all realized that this was to be different. And they said, well, you could help us with this, or maybe we have a problem here or there. And so we're connecting people and we're helping them in whatever ways we can um, we found um, silos, um, lots of agencies who uh, were doing great work, but didn't know that there was someone else doing the same thing around the corner. And so when you connect the two, they both say, wow, this is great. You know, we're helping them with this and they're helping us with that. And so um, we're doing a lot of that. 
as well as jumping in ourselves where there's no one else to do things. And I guess that leads to the other question that you had, and that is, what are we doing? But I'll let you post that way. When, when you and I got this far. All right. Let me take a, a quick break. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Bob Bolduck. He is a trustee and founder, I guess, of the Hope and Youth and Families Foundation. We're talking about the new foundation, the work that it's doing, and, and how it's going to carry that out. Uh, when you and I spoke recently, uh, you talked a lot about um, sustainability. Uh, right. Sustainability is uh, a goal for a lot of families and individuals in this region. It's also a very elusive goal for some families and individuals in this region. And without uh, summing it up in one word, I guess uh, helping uh, those individuals and families achieve that sustainability is one of your primary goals with this foundation. Talk about some of the ways, first I'll talk about some of the barriers to sustainability and then talk about the ways you'll go about addressing those. Boy, you could, you need a couple of weeks to do that, but we've only yeah. got a few minutes. So, right. Well, I'll try and summarize. Um, first, that is absolutely our goal is to help youth and families achieve sustainability. And by that, we mean whatever they need that's blocking, whatever they need to get to the point where they are self-sufficient where they're not depending on a system to help them, where they're educated for whatever they decide to do, whether that's technical or uh, specialty or four-year degree or whatever. Sustainability in our mind is where they can self-sustain themselves. And, and so that takes, and that's different for everybody. But that's the goal. And it's going to take a long time. Uh, this is not a quick solution. In some instances, you know, we're working with square one and pre-K children. And then the question is, what's it going to take to get them through the pipeline uh, so that they can be productive citizens? And, and at the same time, do what we can to help Springfield so that they can stay in Springfield and have a productive life. And the real uh, goal is so they can give back too. Okay. So if we were doing this uh, interview a year from now, uh, what would we be talking about? Um, what kind of progress do you think you'd be making on some matters and where do you think we'd be? Well, <laughs> that's not an easy answer. Um, we think what we would hope to achieve a year from now would be a <clears throat> changes in the educational system from the state level. We know that we're going to have to uh, go to Boston and advocate for changes. For example, and this is a classic one, <clears throat> we're working one of the middle schools in Springfield. And when you talk to the principal there, she, in this case, says, you know, I've got all these social and emotional problems of my children. And we spend all our time on that. 
And she says, ironically, Bob, she said, I and my school and my teachers are grading on our academic performance. And she throws up her hands. So you see in an instant there, the, how it has, the system has to be changed. And these are not, this is not going to be easy, but that's one of the things that has to change just in the school system and in education, not in Springfield school system, but in education in general. Other areas that we would like to see where we've made some progress a year from now would be in a much more robust after-school program. For example, as someone stated, and we've learned so much by listening and talking to these people, the problems really start at 2.30 when the bell rings. Mm -hmm. And when you stop to think about that, that's when if, if these students at any age aren't actively involved in some after-school program, whether it's school sports or an after-school program run by volunteers, they just might get into trouble. And so that's one of our goals is to help develop a vibrant after-school program. And that means working with groups like, for example, Community Music School, which does a fantastic job, or some of the many other free programs that great people do for youth on their own, quietly, without even, and we've never heard of them, but we're finding them all over. So for example, Community Music School will tell you story after story of how youth will come to school and on days when they might not want to because they want to play in the band after school. And so you quickly realize the benefit of after school programs or, and one of the offshoots of that is we realize that there's no performing arts program. There, there is one at, uh, there is a small one, but it doesn't handle all the needs of the entire school population. Keep in mind, Springfield has, 25,000 students in the public school system. Um, so one of our goals now is to start a major performing arts project in conjunction with community music school. And that leads us in all kinds of different directions. I can see us having to add a staffer just to manage that program, which we will do. And so wherever we turn, we find these needs and we look at one another and say, okay, well, we better put on another person to do that also. So that to answer, to go back to your question, what, what do you see a year from now? We would love to see, we would hope to see established or at least in the initial phases programs for all these different areas where we can help youth. I could go on from that with 10 others. Um, I'll just list them and we can get into them in detail if you want. But one is a robust mentoring and tutoring mm -hmm. program, a hub for people who want to volunteer to do that. Um, another um, solid summer school program, because it's our belief that every child 
should be able to go to a summer camp, whether it's locally or somewhere else, um, and have that experience. And there aren't enough around right now to do it. There are a lot of good groups doing it, but there aren't enough. That gets us into, I'd like to, at some point, if we have time, talk about the mentoring and tutoring. Okay. Okay. All Um, right. We'll, we'll do that uh, next time if we've kind of come okay. to our uh, end of our clock today, Bob. But sounds like a fascinating start. And uh, we'll I'll do this again soon and kind of talk about more of the programs that you're working on and, and where you want to take this foundation. Very exciting work. Uh, we congratulate you for getting this started and for, uh, for taking the approach that you're, you're taking. So good luck with everything. Thank you, George. Nice visiting. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. And thank you all for being here for another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.